Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Before I get started with this week's show, I wanted to mention that earlier this week we did a special covering the 2023 SRG Awards. Check that out. But I realized that after the show was released, we did not mention the Steve Resk Award winner. So let me mention that here quickly. Two winners this year, the prize fighter Simon Davner, Split, a.k.a. Ron Howe III. Both deserve this award without question. Great members of the community contribute greatly to the fabric of our community. So big congratulations to them. 100% deserve this. No question. Glad to see them get it. Now let's talk about the upcoming news in Super Show, the game in the Legendary Fighting Federation. I'll start with the next big in-person play event. That's the Bluebell Creative Competitor Tournament taking place at Alternate Universe's Bluebell in East Norton, Pennsylvania, February 24th. 1 p.m. start time. It's a $30 entry fee or, and this was strange to me, but I confirmed this with the star maker Everett Stevens. If you have a store gift card, and you want to use the store gift card to buy your entry in, it's $35. It's $5 more to use a gift card. So cash or charge, $30. I don't know if they take checks, money orders, whatever. Gift card, additional $5 tacked on to the entry fee. It's going to be a Swiss round tournament. They're going to cut to a top eight after the Swiss rounds. The quarterfinal matches will use the Liger's Den stipulation. The semifinals matches will use the Steel Chain stipulation. The finals match will be a last competitor standing match. There is a booked list for this event. Any competitor that's ever been used to win a creative competitor tournament. You cannot play as one of those competitors in this event. Also, the 2020 Vision revisions to competitors that's in effect for this tournament. We'll talk about those a little bit later in the show. In addition to the main Creative Competitor Tournament, there will be featured matches. We'll see championship matches from the DWA, the group that plays out of the Alternate Universe's Holmes store. We'll see Bluebell championship matches, and we will see Everett Stevens, the star maker, the current LFF World Heavyweight Champion, defend against Practice Sites, a.k.a. Jeremy Steigerwald. That's what's going down in just two weeks from today. Just under two weeks from today, we're going to have the Blue Bell Creative Competitor Tournament. Speaking of in-person play events, I have a couple of updates from the events I did not get results for from Captain Con last weekend, last Sunday. For the final event, the draft event, there was no clear overall winner. They just had winners for each little draft pod, so I'm not worried about giving you that, and I don't have the results for that. As far as the ongoing double elimination tag team tournament is concerned, 
the winner's bracket finals has concluded. We had the team of the Dread Pirate tech support, Simon Strauss and Brian Waitfort Schmidt versus the higher class tag team of Loudmouth Leo Larynx and Big Match Pete with the winner, the team representing the higher class. Big Match Pete and Loudmouth Leo will be in the finals of this tag team tournament. The tournament deadline was extended by two weeks. So players have, at this point in time, another week to complete their matches. The winner's bracket is done. The loser's bracket is still in progress. That's where that stands. 2020 Vision and T50 updates. For those of you who aren't familiar with 2020 Vision, every year the team at SRG Universe looks at competitors to decide if the gimmicks need to be in some way changed to make the game balance better. The T50 list is a list of competitors that are restricted in tag teams. If you're going to make a two-player tag team, only one of the elements on the T50 list can be on the tag team. So, for example, Robert the Brain Dunn is on the T50 list. The entrance card, rolling in with the ring general, is on the T50 list. If one member on the team is using Robert the Brain Dunn, the partner cannot use rolling in with the ring general. The player using Robert the Brain Dunn can't use rolling in with the ring general. You can only use one element per the teams. I'll go through that first because that's the shortest list. Four things were added to the T50 list. The new competitor, the Brain, still standing. The competitor, Chloe Mai. And two submission finish cards. Death Choke and Todd the Stricken. Both of those finishes have the same text. Going from memory, if the crowd meter is three or greater, your opponent cannot break out. Death Choke is available for the competitors Master Dosmodius, the Keeper of Prisoners, the Zookeeper, and General Manager John Calais. Todd is stricken is the finish submission for Pretzel Wizard. Those four are on the T50 list. So, just to use them as an example, if you have a tag team, one player is using the brain still standing. The other player is playing as Pretzel Wizard. The Pretzel Wizard player cannot use the submission finish Todd is Strecken. He must replace that with a generic submission finish. Both of those elements cannot be on the same tag team. The 2020 Vision. Six competitors were changed. Most of these were changes to the gimmick. Let me go through these in the order they were discussed on Talk of the Universe. I'll start with the Prince of Fashion. The Prince of Fashion had his gimmick changed. The new gimmick is, during your turn, your strikes with face in the name have the added text, add one card from your discard pile to your hands. Before this, during your turn was not part of the gimmick. The restriction to strikes only was not part of the gimmick. It was any card that had face in the name. I'm not a fan of this change. I like the Prince of Fashion. I've played him in the past. This essentially limits the keyword part of the gimmick to working on maybe five cards. You're only a maximum of ten because there's only ten strikes in the deck. And considering 
His printed finish doesn't have it. Again, going from memory, I don't think any of his finishes had face in the name. And you're going to be running stops at 13, 19, and 25. Those won't work. That's already four cards eliminated. If you run stops at one and four, that's gone too. You're down to maybe four to five cards a player would run that would trigger this, as opposed to many more. You used to be able to run the entire face series, running face kick, flying face buster, inverted face lock at 22 through 24 and have them all trigger your gimmick. Now you're limited to running face kick, actually working on your gimmick. I like keyword decks. One of the great things about keyword decks is cards that might get overlooked will now get a shot in a deck because the gimmick adds a new dimension to the card. For example, a card I would run in Prince of Fashion, Face Twist. Lead submission number three, flip two cards. With this gimmick before, I'd flip two, and then I can add a card from discard pile to hand. That to me was a great opening card. Now, would you run that? To just flip two over a headlock or friends and rivals? I don't think you would. So I'm not a fan of this change. The next competitor on the list, Candyman. The new Candyman gimmick is once per turn roll. When you roll strike, submission, or grapple, reveal the top card of your deck. If the move type matches the rolled skill, add it to your hand. If not, you may bury it. Before, the last sentence was, if not, you may flip it. I would have just removed that last sentence. Basically, if it matches, you add it. If not, you leave it on top. They decided to replace flip with berry. It does make her thin her deck less. I feel like this is going to be similar to the aerial lipstick change. Where aerial lipstick went from having the opponent berry two when she rolled her printer five. To having the opponent bury one and you draw one when you roll your print five. Candyman is still going to be a strong competitor. With this change, she actually got stronger in Ring of Fire matches. So we'll have to see how this works out, but I think Candyman is still going to be a top competitor even with this change for 2020 Vision. Next, Fortress. The new gimmick is, and that's what's changed. Choose you. Or your opponent. When that player rolls agility for their turn roll, look at the top three cards of your deck, add one stop to your hand, and bury the others. Before, the gimmick triggered if you rolled your agility or if your opponent rolled your agility. Now you pick one or the other. I don't really play Fortress. I'm not too familiar with him. I'm not sure how much this is going to affect Fortress play. We'll just have to watch and see what happens with him. But that's the fortress change. Peter Lionheart. The new gimmick is, when the crowd meter is one or less, your opponent's finished cards have blank text. Before, at the start of the match, you chose your opponent. Their finished cards were blank for the rest of the game. This, they're only blank at crowd meter zero and crowd meter one. This definitely makes the competitor not as good as it was before. Peter Lionheart is definitely weaker. He's still viable in a match like a uh, the street fight match that Hold the Line Harry created. That, to me, is a format where he's going to do well with this gimmick. I'm not sure how well he's going to do beyond that with this gimmick. We'll have to see. That's what changed with Peter Lionheart. 
the pulverizer. The gimmick changed with the pulverizer. During your first breakout roll, you may, and it says three discard cards. I think it's supposed to be discard three cards from your hand, and your roll is plus three. If you discarded any cards with suplex in the name, your breakout roll is plus one more. I believe the issue with the pulverizer was there was some confusion, or you could interpret it that he got to do this discard before a finish effect. So if a finish effect would make the pulverizer bury cards, so he wouldn't have cards to discard for the gimmick, he could do the discarding first. Now it's clear. The finish card will hit. The text will resolve. The finish roll will happen. And then when it comes time for the first breakout roll, that's when the discarding will take place for the pulverizer. Again, I've never really played the pulverizer. To me, this is more of a rules clarification. I'm fine with that. I think that's fine. The final change for 2020 Vision, Pretty Boy Snow. It's been promoted to Tornado Tag. The gimmick stayed the same. The skills have doubled. And it's now a Tornado Tag competitor. So if you have a copy, you want to use him, you have to use him in Tornado Tag events. You just double his skills. His 5 becomes a 10. His 7 becomes a 14, so on and so forth. The finishes did not change. You use them as printed. So they have not been adjusted for Tornado Tag play. Just the skills on the competitor. I know a lot of people like playing Pretty Boy Snow. I don't think he's going to see, at least at first, a lot of play in Tornado. We'll have to see. Little Guido, very similar gimmick. His stock's going up. That's 2020 Vision. Those are the rules changes going forward for this year. Not a lot. And we'll have to see how they shake out. I think Candyman comes out of this the best. Who comes out of this the worst? I don't know. Prince of Fashion, I'm not a big fan of. Pretty Boy Snow probably disappointed a lot of people. That's where we stand, though, with 2020 Vision and the T50 list. Faction Wars 5 update. Last week I reported that Just Business won their match over the big picture. They're moving on to Phase 3. I can also tell you that the Constellation won their match over Paradise 19-6. The Constellation will be in Phase 3. The Higher Class versus Starmaker Productions is still in progress. The New Wool Order versus The Collective is still in progress. I believe the deadline, if not today, is very soon. So I'll have to give you the updates on next week's show. But we should, by the time the next episode of the Outlaw Mudcast rolls around, know the four teams in Phase 3 of Faction Wars 5. I have an update to the Rumble Lottery winners. From a couple weeks ago. I gave you the winners last week. They announced an additional prize. We knew that the people who won the overall. Who had the overall winner in the lottery. Got to create a competitor. The people who got the most eliminations wins. They get to create a card in Super Show the Game. Art only. Art only. Not a brand new card. So it's like an alt art card. That's what I have on that. In a similar vein to the Rumble Lotteries, this week 
before the Super Bowl. They're doing a big game square drawing. They've already sold that out. As I'm reporting this, it was $15 to get in. There were 100 spots in this. You signed up for spots. They'll randomly draw a digit for each team in there. So say I was in it and they drew Chiefs 3, 49ers 0. At the end of every quarter in the football game, there's going to be a score. If the digits you have match the final digits of the score, you win a prize. So, for example, second quarter, at the end of the second quarter, it's Chiefs 3, 49ers 10. I had Chiefs 3 and 0 for 49ers. I would win a prize. The prizes are, if you win the first quarter, you can create an Altart card. If you win the second quarter, you can just create a card, period. Third quarter, create an Altart card. Fourth quarter, i.e. the end of the match, the end of the football game, you can create a card. Michael Denoya will do the art on these cards. It is possible for one person to win multiple quarters, presumably all four, if the score is basically tied or just works out that way. I'll give you the results on that next week. I don't expect to have them tonight because I don't expect the game to be finished before this show is published. I also don't know if they'll have the winners out. They don't have them out as I'm recording this. That is to say, who has what numbers? We don't know who has what numbers. I don't believe the drawing has happened yet as I'm recording this. The Cheetah is going to be hosting a six-man tag team tournament. Three players versus three players, each player using single competitors. You will treat it like a two versus two tag team. So same rules are in effect. No bump out rule. T50 list is in effect. There are a couple of other limitations. Dasmodi the Snowman, the Super Sidekick line, and the Legendary Dive line are considered part of the T50 list for this tournament. Signups will be taken from now until next Sunday. You have until next Sunday to sign up for this tournament if you want to take part in it. It's going to be single elimination. Players will have two weeks to play their match. The 2024 Super Show Cup online event. Signups have opened up as I'm recording this. $10 entry fee. As I'm recording this, there's only four spots left in the tournament. This is a 64-player tournament. There will be group stages, and then after the group stage, they will cut to a top 32, and it will be single elimination from there until the finals. If you sign up for this, you must submit a deck list for the event by Sunday, February 25th, two weeks from today. Your group stage matches must be played by March 17th. The top 32 matches must be played by March 29th. The top 16 by April 9th. The top 8 by April 21st. And then the schedule for any matches in the top 4 will be dependent on attendance at Grand Gathering 4. There will be prizing for anyone who makes the top 16. Prizes given at that level, not below. And then as far as stipulations or anything like that, 
Nothing is listed. General Manager John Clace is running this event, and I believe he'll just release that when he sees fit. That's what we know about that right now. If you want to participate, it will probably be sold out before this episode is published, but if you happen to hear it and it's not sold out, sign up. Only four spots left, though. Apparently, it actually crashed the website when it went live. So many people tried to get in. I missed that, but apparently that was a thing. Before I get to the online tournaments and featured matches from this past week, one bit of championship news. General Manager Brock Smith of the United States Division has announced that the next contender for the United States Championship will be determined by a triad match. The three players that will be in the triad match are Piglet, Split, and The Dude. I haven't seen anything on when this is scheduled to happen, but the winner, the next contender for the United States Championship. And now let's talk about the online tournaments and featured matches from this past week. I'll start Monday with Monday Night Fights. 16 players, 4 groups, 4 players per group, top 2 records, advanced to the top cut. Your semifinalists were Zach Ashley playing as Rising Sun, the new version of the Rising Sun, and the prize fighter Simon Davner playing as Boy Howdy. Not sure if it's original Boy Howdy or new Boy Howdy. Your finalists were the Cannoli, Anthony Perry as Above Average Warrior, and John Poverino as Professor Leonardo Maggett, or Maggetti. I've heard Steve Resk say it both ways, Maggett and Maggetti. I'll have to get clarification on that. This is one of the new Scallywag competitors released as an exclusive at Captain Con. The winner here, John Polverino. Congratulations to John Polverino for winning. That's two big tournaments where the professor has made the finals. So, looks like Professor, at least in the early running, pretty strong con-exclusive competitor. Finishes. I did get some news on the finishes. So, the five con-exclusive competitors share a set of finishers. Those finishers have the Scallywag logo on them, and each one of the exclusives has the Scallywag logo on them. So, they're restricted to Scallywag competitors only. Next, we have a featured match, which, going from memory, I believe happened Tuesday after Dojo. The LFF Triad Championship match. The challengers, Simple Chuck, playing as Captain CJ Spara. Pride, playing as Eva Firecat. The champion, El Hombre Cybernetico, playing as himself. In a relatively short match for a triad match that doesn't go past crowd meter zero, the winner. Rolling an 11 on Crowd Meter Zero, still champion, El Hombre Cybernetico. Congratulations to the champion for a successful defense. Also, looking at my notes, and I realize that I should have mentioned this earlier, but I'll mention it here. For the next number one contenders for the LFF Trios Championship, there's going to be a mini tournament. Four players. Single elimination, but each player in the tournament will get a shot at the championship. The first match is going to be 
the commissioner, Drew Madsen, versus the big guy. The loser of that match will get the first shot at the Trios Championship sometime in March. The next match in the tournament, C-Mac versus Bobby Ohio. The loser of this match will get a shot at some point in April. Then the winners play off in the finals match. The winner of the finals match gets a shot at Grand Gathering 4. The loser of the finals match, the runner-up, he will get a shot in May after Grand Gathering 4. So these four men will get championship shots with the order determined by how they finish in this tournament. I almost wonder if there's not an advantage to basically forfeiting the first match. That way you don't have to give up anything about your deck and you know who the champion is. So you have the prep time. Interesting to think about. I don't know if that'll happen, but I've wondered, is there a strategic advantage to forfeiting the first match or the second match? Again, I don't think anyone will, but it gave me something to think about. Thursday, we have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. There were 12 players in this event. They did group stages, two groups, six players per group. Top two records per group made it to the top cut. In the opening round of the top cut, we have Steve Resk playing as Amelia Breckenwith. That's what's listed here on the challenge. One of the new competitors, con exclusive from Captain Con, versus the Italian Bombata as Shaggy Shark. In the other match, we have Alec Ventresca playing as Jay White versus Bob Dunn playing as apparently a new version of Amos the Iron Worker, a version I'm not familiar with. The winners of those matches were the Italian Bombata and Bob Dunn. So they face off in the finals. Shaggy Shark versus Amos the Iron Worker. The winner, the Italian Mambata with Shaggy Shark. Congratulations to the Italian Mambata for winning Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. I've also been asked to report on the most recent Misos Game Room and Collectibles Tournament. So I'll give you that really quickly. Eight players in the tournament. Round Robin format. The top three were in third place, playing as the new version of Jordan Oliver, Hallow King. In second place, playing as Ariel Lipstick, Harvey Luster. And the winner, playing as himself, the Grim Librarian. Congratulations to the Grim Librarian for taking the victory. Now, SRG Universe has been talking about running a pop-up tournament tonight as I record this, the same night this comes out. Nothing's been finalized yet about the start time or an entry fee. Last I looked on supershowthegame.com, it hadn't been posted. At the time I'm recording this, I don't expect to have results in time for this show when it gets published. I expect this show will be published and put out there before the results come in. If I can give you the results, it'll be tacked on to the end of the show. If not, I'll just talk about it next week. As far as other upcoming events, nothing's currently listed on Supershowthegame.com. And actually, Super Show Cup is sold out. It is officially sold out. But look for something Monday night. Look for something Thursday night. Twitch.tv slash SRGUniverse. 
Tuesday night for the dojo. With that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I would like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.